Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. All right, I, I want to share today that God is really calling people to himself in this hour. There is a strong word from God in the earth today, drawing people to himself. It's shaking people. It's getting people's attention. People are starting to turn to the Lord because it's like the volume of God's message. Him calling people to himself is getting louder. In Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, it says this. Ho, he's just like saying, hey, listen, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what isn't bread? Why are you spending your wages and your time and your efforts for what doesn't satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Come to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight in abundance. Incline your ear. Come to me. Hear and your soul shall come alive. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And then in the New Testament, Jesus says this. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me and feeds on me shall never be hungry. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. See, in this last season that we've been in with all the shaking that's going on. And believe me, there's been a lot of shaking, but I believe there's more to come. But with all the shaking that's already happened, people's lives have been shaken. The glitter of this world has been erased. The lures of this world have become very dull. The mesmerizing effect of this world has somehow had a blow dealt to it. And in this hour, people have begun to wake, to wake up. They've begun to realize that there's something more than this world and that they're missing something and they're slowing down. They've realized there's something on the inside of them that's missing and they have begun to become hungry for something more. They've begun to say, there's got to be more to life than just this. And I thank God for that because it's the mindset that people are in right now that's been turning them toward God. And God is saying in this hour, come, if you'll come to me, I will fill that need. I will meet that place in your life where it looks like you're empty, where it looks like you're not fulfilled. And he's also asking the question, why have you been running after these things? Haven't you done that long enough? You know, one thing I have noticed all throughout my life is there are certain individuals, which actually is a high percentage of people, that they begin to run after things and they get their mind fixed on those things. It might be success. It might be a relationship. It might be a certain kind of lifestyle they're looking for. And they have put that in, in their crosshairs of when I get that, when I get that, man, I am so focused. I'm going to get this. Yet it never satisfies. They never go, oh, I have arrived. You see, there, there's never that satisfaction. And God is saying, why do you keep running after things that you think are going to satisfy? Have you not realized yet 
That never works. It's never worked before. It's never going to work again. There might be the thrill of something new like we talked about last week. But that's going to go away. And you recognize later, that's not it. I still haven't found that thing that will satisfy me deep down within. And God says, if you will come to me and learn to partake of me, to feed on me, Watch, I will meet every need and I will bring satisfaction to the very depths of your soul. And he says, even your soul will come alive. That's an amazing promise. And he says, for those that do that, not only will you come alive, but I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will connect with you. I will stick with you. I will run with you. I am making promises to you. I am yours and you're, you are mine. You see, that's what that covenant is. And I just think that is a phenomenal promise. And for everyone listening today, I just trust God has brought you here today because he wants you to know that he is the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the one that will meet the needs of your soul and he is calling out to you today to come to him, to feed on him. And he promises you, if you will come to him, he will not only feed you himself, he will make a covenant with you. He will connect with you and he will walk with you and be your God. It's an amazing promise that God has given us. And we've read these verses in Isaiah and in John, and later at the very end of the Bible, like almost the last verse, the Word of God says this. It says, the Spirit and the bride say what? Come. The Holy Spirit says, come. The bride. Who's the bride? These are those that have already accepted that invitation. They're already partaking. They likewise are beckoning others. Come. You see, it's somebody that has tasted of God and know that he's real, that's able to have the power by the Spirit to beckon others to come. There's something there in us. There's the Holy Ghost in us that is calling out to humanity, come to God, come to God. And he says here, and the Holy Spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes to take and partake of the free gift of life, let him come. And Jesus has said, the one who comes to me, I will in no ways turn him away. He will accept you if you come. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter what part of the world you've come from. It doesn't matter where you live. God says, if you will come to me, if you want to feed off of me, I will accept you. I will not turn you away. That's a promise for every single one. Now, if you look through the word of God, you see Jesus is not only the bread of life. God not only gives that satisfaction, but he also says he is the great shepherd, the great shepherd. Now, what does the shepherd do? A shepherd takes care of the sheep. But I want to mention one aspect of a shepherd's duty is he had to protect the sheep to make sure that they weren't going to be hurt. But he also would go after the lost sheep. He would go looking for sheep that got on the wrong course in life. And Jesus described himself as this kind of shepherd that would go out 
and look for those that are lost. They don't know where they are. A lost person is someone who doesn't know where they are. Someone who's super lost is a person that doesn't know they're lost. And hardly anybody knows they're lost when they're lost, right? But God sees them as lost. They don't see themselves as lost. Jesus sees them that way. He realized they don't know what they're doing. He realized they're driven to be there, to do this, to do that. He realizes that they're not really in control of their lives, but darkness has come over their mind. Maybe they've been lured away from God. Somehow they've gotten on the wrong path, though. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I pursue those individuals. I go after those individuals because they are on my heart. I want to rescue them from whatever has taken them away, and I want to bring them back into the fold. And I believe that's what the Lord Jesus is doing now. He's sending out the Holy Spirit. He's sending out messengers and individuals. Now, if you're already a believer and you're walking with God, the Holy Spirit is working on you today, and He's telling you, I want to begin to use you. Will you be willing? Will you be one of those that say with the Holy Spirit, Come to God. Will you be one of the ones that I can use to send those to send to those that are lost, that are needy, that have gotten on the wrong track? Can I use you? Will you be willing? He wants to send you. And if you're one of those today who, for some reason, you're not walking with God as you ought to. God is saying, hey, I'm coming after you today. Even right now, as you're listening to this, I believe the Holy Spirit is working in you bringing you back to God, bringing you to a relationship, saying, turn around because I want to deal with your life. I want to bring you back to me. Okay, and what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep, right? And Jesus laid his life down for us. Y'all know the story. He laid his life down. He died on that cross. And he just didn't do it for just no good reason. He died on that cross because it had to be done. He died on that cross because he wanted what he was going to get, what he was going to receive as a result of his sacrifice. I mean, he made a big sacrifice. What's he going to get out of it? Your salvation. He did that to save you from the power of hell, the power of darkness, the power of Satan, the power of sin. He did all that that you might be saved. And in doing so, He became our Savior. He became our Savior. And I want to just emphasize this point. It is through Jesus and only through the name of Jesus that we might be saved. There is no salvation any other way. There is no other plan B. If you do not come through Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. You cannot come to the Father. He came because it had to be done that way. And He's calling you back today. He's calling you back to live for God, to turn away from living your way and to do it Christ's way now. He's saying to every one of you, quit living for yourself. Quit just being complacent about serving God and thinking, oh, I'll do it when I get around to it. Maybe later I'll serve God. Maybe when I'm in the right mode. When's that going to happen? When are you going to get in the right mode or the right mood to do it? 
You see, God is calling out today and he's saying, I'm asking you, I'm beckoning you, I'm speaking you now, turn away from the stuff that's pulling you down and turn to God. If you will turn to God, he will receive you. Not only will you be free from all the stuff that you're in now, but you'll have the life of God on the inside of you. And you'll wonder, why did I not do this a long time ago? God is our life. He is why we've been made. I mean, when we get back with God, it's like, man, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Acts 17.30 says, He commands, Jesus commands men everywhere, all men everywhere, to repent. Because He said it time when He's going to judge the world. You know what He's saying there? He's called all men to turn around and to look toward God now. He's called all men to quit going their own way. You see, we're going one direction. And God says, you've got to stop. You need to turn around. Now, why does he say that? The reason why God has to tell us to turn around is because we've all sinned. We've all gone our own way. And our human nature has been corrupted where we are selfish and self-centered and we want to do our own thing. And we have followed the impulses of our own desires and of our own hearts. And God says, I want to pull you away from that, that you might be saved. You see, you have to pull away from that if you want to come and partake of God. So many people try to partake of God, but they don't turn. They don't make that turn. God says, if you want to come, you've got to make that turn. We looked at this story recently in Luke chapter 13. Jesus was talking to these people, and some people had been killed near them. And everybody was talking about it. Some people were killed because the tower fell. And everybody was going, oh man, they must have been bad people. And then some other people were killed by the government for no good reason. I mean, it was a horrible thing that was done to them. And evidently, all the people were going, oh, they must have been bad people. They must have been bad people. Oh, God must have let that happen to them because they're bad. And Jesus said to them, you know what? That didn't happen to them because they were bad. But I want to wake you up to something. Unless you all repent, you're going to end up with a similar situation when your life is over. He was just saying there, you know what? You might think you're good. You see, we, we tend to be those in life that would walk around going, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. I'm a pretty good person. So that kind of thing won't happen to me. I talk to people all the time when I'm telling them about the Lord. And, and often they'll say something like, yeah, well, I'm a pretty good person, though. I'm a good person. I have to just tell you the way Jesus did, you know. Being a good person is not going to make you go to heaven. That's not going to bring salvation to you. You ought to be a good person. God will make you a better person. But just being a good guy, just being a good person, does not make you saved. You have to go through Jesus Christ. You have to believe in Him. You have to turn toward Him and put your trust in Him. But it's got to be through Jesus Christ. There is no other way than doing it His way. I heard this guy the other day. His name's Steve Harvey. You probably all know him. He's a real charismatic kind of guy. Everybody just loves him. He's got a great personality. Nice guy. I heard him talking the other day, and he said, Man, there's many ways to heaven. He said, there's got to be. 
He said, you know, your TV's got, he said something like this, your, your TV's got 800 channels. There's got to be more than just one way to get to God or to get to heaven. That might sound really nice. It might sound smart. You might have a whole bunch of people that are going, yeah, that's right. How dare people think da 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 Well, let me just say this. Either Steve Harvey and others that think that way are mistaken in a big way, or Jesus is a liar. And the whole Word of God is a lie. Because the Word of God says there is no other way that you can be saved except through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way you're going to be able to make it if you don't do it the way He said you have to do it. And He said you have to turn from your sins and living for yourself, turn your life back to God, and the only way you're going to be able to be accepted is then put your faith in Jesus that your sins will be cleansed because of the blood of Jesus Christ, that that has been taken care of, and that you will be accepted. God says, anybody who turns back to me, I will accept. Just put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is able to save all those who call on His name. Man, that's powerful. God wants to save you today. He wants to bring you into something new. And I want to mention this too. So another thing I hear people say is, oh, I love God. Oh, I love God. I got a good relationship with God. But then they're not living right at all. And the Bible says very clearly, if you're not living right, and you're not even trying to get out of that situation, you're not right with God, and you really don't even love God, even though you might have some feelings of affection toward Him. You might know that's the right thing to do. I see that kind of thing all the time. It says in 2 Corinthians six seventeen, though, come out from among them and be separate. Be separate from what? Be separate from the world. Be separate from what? Be separate from that which is pulling you down. Come out from them. Come out from the world and be separate. Don't touch what's unclean and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you. Don't touch what's unclean. This is, by the way, the New Testament. And what he's saying is, don't just live. You know, the, the Old Testament says, don't touch things and you become unclean. You see, now he's bringing this spiritual understanding into that. And he says, God is saying, when you come to serve him, he doesn't want you with ungodly stuff around you, in you, polluting you, drawing you away from him, polluting your heart and your devotion. He says, be separate, pull away from that, and I will gladly accept you. I'll be a father to you, and you'll be sons and daughters to me. What a great invitation. And we have had too many people that have not been willing to share the clear Word of God so that people might truly be able to partake of Him, that they would truly find that life. You know, one of the reasons why people don't experience the bread of life, they don't experience that which quenches their thirst, it's because they haven't come to Him the right way. They've not been desperate. They've not been willing to pull away from that which is pulling them down and just to say, God, I'm giving you everything. I don't know how to serve you yet, but all I know is I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to, to lay down whatever because I want you, Lord, and I trust in you now. God, please accept me. With any man that does that, God's like, 
I am going to accept you and I am going to be with you and I am going to help you and you watch what I will do with your life. It's a mighty thing that happens when somebody turns wholeheartedly unto God. Preachers are not doing anybody any good when we don't tell them that. We think, oh, we don't want them to feel bad. Let me tell you something. When the cross comes in and deals with flesh, it comes in to kill and it does not feel good. But that's the deadly part of our lives. That's what needs to go. That needs to be put to death so that the things of God can fully come to life. God wants to do that in you. And there's something in every man. Uh, for some reason, we don't like that. I've told people many times when a lot of sinners are in church, what I mean by sinners are those who haven't yet given their life to the Lord completely. A message begins to be shared that's very convicting. The temptation when God's dealing with them, come, give your life to the Lord. The temptation is for them to run out the door. Oh, I don't want to be here. I feel so uncomfortable. But let me share Coming to Christ means we have to deal with ourselves. We have to deal with our rebellious nature and say, you know what? I don't want to serve me anymore. I don't want to go my direction anymore. I want to serve God. It doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it means our hearts are like, God, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do whatever's pleasing to you. Lord, I'm letting go of that so that I might know you and walk with you. You see, do you desire to be fed by God? Do you desire for God to meet the emptiness of your soul? There, is there something on the inside of you? God is calling you out and saying, if you will come to me today, I will by no means turn you away. I will accept you. I will feed you. I will fill you. I will make a covenant with you. That means I'm also going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to make everything all right for you. Come to me. Put your eyes on me. Trust in me. I will be there for you if you'll just believe. You see, the world's always lying. The world's always saying, oh, don't do that. Or you can do that later. Or, oh, that's just like what Steve Harvey was saying. Oh, there's got to be da-da-da-da-da. And by the way, salvation can't come some other way. It just, it couldn't. If it could, God would have done it some other way. Even Jesus, he didn't want to go to the cross. And he's like, Father, if it can be some other way. But there wasn't another way. You think God would have his son go through all that and die on a cross if it could have been done some other way? No, it can't be any other way. People will say, that's not fair. Or yes, not fair to God, right? Well, what about the people over there? God's son died so that any man from any place would hear and if they would hear and believe and put their trust in him it doesn't matter where you've come from it doesn't matter what part of the world you've come from it doesn't even matter what religion you've grown up in when you turn to god and you look to jesus he says he will save to the utmost and by the way i love that word he saves to the utmost that means he will save you completely down to the core of your being, he will bring change. What a powerful, powerful word and testimony we have in that. Now, I want to just say too, some people feel good about their lives because maybe they're living better than most other people. Maybe they're doing a little better than some others that are around them. Maybe they're, they feel comfortable because everybody in the world is telling them it's okay. The news tells them it's okay. The news, by the way, is turning everything upside down. The media is turning everything upside down. 
It's taking what's right and turning it upside down. It's calling good evil and calling evil good. So many people are so confused, embracing the wrong messages. And I just want to tell you this. Don't be encouraged because there are a whole lot of other people around you going in the same direction you're going in. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean that God's approving of it. And that doesn't mean you're going in the right direction. And that does not mean by any means that you're going to end up in the right destination. I know you know that story where Jesus says, hey, everybody takes the wide path or most people, but this is going to end up in the wrong place. If you're walking in the same direction everybody else is going in in this world, you're going to end up in the wrong destination. What does he say? Take the narrow path. And what's the narrow path? It's the path that God says walk on. Man, people are so confused. I saw an ad the other day or the day before. I think it was yesterday about a, a women's conference. It looks sort of strange, a women's conference, women of war. And then I started reading more about it or what was being said. These are not normal women. These are men dressed like women. This is mother so-and-so, supervisor of women. And this is mother so-and-so, general supervisor. This is apostle so-and-so, who's the founder hugging his husband, I guess, the first gentleman. I mean, I began to look at this and I'm going, that's the most crazy conference, the crazy thing, doing this in the name of God in a church. And here you go with a bunch more of them. Prophet this, apostle that. Then these are gay, trans, whatever, saying ministry to women by men who are, want to identify as a woman. It's the most crazy thing, is it not? I just want to say that is clearly not based on the Word of God. That's like an extreme example. But you see, that's not based on the Word of God whatsoever. Where did that come from? That comes from this generation and the spirit of this world that works in this world that's even influencing those who say they're walking with God. Those of you who know the Bible well enough realize these guys have gotten off course somewhere, somehow. But the problem is many who are wanting, you know, or believing that God's there, you know, that God is God, they haven't turned from what they're doing, you see. I just want to encourage, by the way, anybody who's out there with, you know, maybe you've got drives and urges. You might say, you know what? You might identify as someone who has same-sex desires, same-sex drives, etc., etc. I want to encourage you today. The world has been lying to you, and it's not been helping. The world has, has been saying things to put people in bondage. And I'm not saying that's the only kind of bondage. Every single one of us has been in slavery to some kind of sin where we need to come out. I'm not even saying that, you know, that you're responsible for having the drives and urges. I'm just saying right now, what you need to recognize is you cannot define yourself by your drives and urges. Anybody can have crazy kind of drives and urges in life, and they have to not identify with them. And some of those things you have to resist and say, no, that can't be God. God, can you help me? God, will you set me free? I mean, I can think of some crazy people that have had some crazy drives and urges that we would all be able to look at and say, hey, of course that was not God. 
I mean, I'm reluctant on this to mention one that's come to mind. But there was a guy, I mean, you probably remember him years ago. He killed people and he'd eat them. And later when he was in jail, he began to explain this overwhelming drive would just come upon me. And I would think about it and I would want it so bad. I'd, I'd just be driven to do it. And then I would go and I would do that. And then, and then afterward, I'd go, it's like that would be fed. That would go away for a while. Every one of us would go, that's completely crazy, right? But my point is there, just because he's got that drive, are we going to say that means it's God? That means God made him that way? No. You see, we are all fallen. We all have drives, urges, natural impulses, and inclinations toward things. God tells us the truth, and we have to be willing to turn away and to come to God. And whatever sin, whatever any of you might be going through, you might be addicted to something. You might be addicted to sexual things. You might be addicted to a relationship that you know that's not right. Wherever you are today, I just want to tell you, if you will come to God, God can help you out. God can change you. God can make you into a new person. The Bible says you must be born again. What is born again? That means, man, that is a radical statement. Being born again is you become a new person. There's something new on the inside of you. Does it mean you don't have struggles anymore? No, but the new man on the inside of you is greater than the old man. And the Bible says then when you're born again, the new man created in the image of God is then to put to death the old man trying to get back. You just have to say no, no more. And you have to come to God for help. But God is more than able to help anybody in any kind of situation and any kind of sin. He will pull you out. He will help you. He will deliver you. He will change your life. And that is a promise from God. Hebrews 7.25 says this, He is able to save to the uttermost. That word uttermost means completely, thoroughly, entirely. He is able to save thoroughly, entirely, completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to make intercession for them, to stand in between them and God, to help them. John 8, 36 says, If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Praise God for that. And I want to just say, we all need to come to Christ. Every single one of you. If you've not come, you need to come to Christ. We've all had to come, or we'll need to come, that we might be, get set free from something, because we've all gone astray. Everybody has a different issue we have to deal with, but I'm telling you, human nature has pulled all of us away from God. You know, today I want to just also encourage you, maybe there's a whole bunch of you, maybe you've gotten in the church, but no longer do you feed on Christ. It's just become a religion to you. You aren't hungry to go to Him anymore, and you've gone back to your old ways. Maybe you've not gone fully back to your own ways, but you're trying to get life out of something else now. Maybe you're trying to get life out of business. Maybe you're running after money. Maybe you're running after a relationship or this or that. You know what? I just want to encourage you. 
go back to your first love. Go back to that place where you used to walk with Him and know Him. I mean, why would you ever leave that? Was that not good? Was that not like the most amazing thing? God says, look, I'm calling you back wherever you are. Maybe you just have not walked with me as you did and you've turned back from your pursuit of me. Maybe you never have fully come. Maybe you came to Christ, but you didn't fully come when you came. In other words, you held on to a lot of stuff and said, you might have prayed the prayer. You might have gotten baptized, but you're like, okay, God, I'm coming like all this with all my extra baggage. And you're trying to get through the narrow door with all that extra stuff. And he's like, mm, I'm sorry, you never made it through the door. I'd like for you to try again. You just got to be willing to, to let go of things that you know that are not with me. And I will help you, right? Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you had an experience and God felt good to you. And you felt good singing. Let me say, you can sing all week long. You can go to church every Sunday. You can shout and dance in church and still not be saved. That just reminds me of this Ravi Zacharias. He was going around telling everybody most brilliantly with the greatest arguments why Jesus is the Son of God, why Jesus is the right way. He would explain them most rationally. He was so honored by everybody as a stellar man of God and Christian. And, and then as he dies, come to find out he's been living a double life, living in immorality for years and years, manipulating women, pushing them, accusing the ones who were the abused and making them look like the guilty ones. He's falsified his credentials. I mean, he did so many things. And you step back and you look at that and go, wow, you just scratch your head and say, how what is it that somebody could have been in the church that long and lived that long a double life, which was a very long time he lived like that. You see, a lot of people are in the church, but they haven't surrendered to God. You remember that verse? where Jesus says, many are going to come to me in that day, and they're going to go, but Lord, I've done this. He's going to say, uh, depart from me. But wait a minute, God, I did this, I did this, and I did this. And he's going to say, depart from me, those of you who I don't know. I never knew you, you lawless one. What's the lawless one? One doing your own thing, right? You're just doing your own thing. You're doing what you're excusing. You know, Ravi Zacharias excused what he did. I mean, as brilliant as he was with the Bible, he'd use the Bible to excuse his sins to these women and make it sound like it was all right. It's the craziest thing that you see. We can do that all the time. There are plenty of people in church that do that all the time. They might not do exactly what he's doing, but you know what? Whenever you hold on to something and you're doing your own thing, you know it's not right. I'm just saying you better let go of that. People might say, hey, Zacharias has to be saved. I don't know that. Jesus said to those people who came to him saying, hey, we've done this and this for you. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. By the way, know it's that relationship where you're partaking. You're getting that bread. You're eating of him, partaking of him. And he's giving himself back. That's what that no means. I never had that intimate knowledge of you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow, you see, that's a scary thing. And I believe that there's many in the church. You know, I was sort of like that. I look back in my life and I'm going, I'm not sure I was saved when I was growing up in the church world. 
I don't even know. I, I just am thankful I never stood before God in that condition. I'm thankful I didn't stand before God when I had compromise in my life. I still make mistakes, but I don't want to. I don't want to go in the wrong direction. I don't want to do something sinful, you know. But you see, the thing about it is, we've all got to have that time where we have an encounter with God. And that ought to be today for you, where you say, God, today I want to turn around. I don't know how to do this, but the Holy Spirit is working on me, convicting me, and I want to turn my life over to you. I want to give everything to you, and I want that bread you've talked about. I want that fulfillment that you said you'd give me because I am thirsty for something. I am hungry for something. There's something on the inside of me that says there's got to be more than life to life than what I've got. I just want to encourage you today, if that's you, Jesus will meet you where you are. Jesus will help you where you are. I'm going to pray right now. I'm just going to pray a prayer of dedication. You can pray that, but you need to go further than that. When I got saved, one of the reasons I can say that I, I ended up making it this time, I mean, growing up, we'd have revival service, right? Once a year. The guy would come and we'd all go up and rededicate our lives. Oh, I've been sinning. Oh, I've not been living right. Oh, I've backslidden. It ought not to be that way. So the time came when I heard that message and I responded. My life changed and I had people helping me now that also believed like that. And I don't know, maybe if it weren't for the message and those people helping me, maybe I'd have gone back to the same pattern I had in life before where I'd start sinning again. I'd start living that old life again and doing things the way I used to do, slowly ebbing back into that old way, slowly excusing things that were displeasing to God. But this time I came to God and a group of people with the right message, lay it all down, give yourself absolutely to God, watch what He will do. And they were reinforcing that message in me, particularly in those initial stages of my Christianity. And I would say that is what caused me to make it. That connection with others that were helping me empowered me to walk this thing out. So I'm going to pray right now. But I want to encourage all of you today, wherever you are, to go beyond this prayer. Now, if you're on Facebook, you can message us at Cross Culture Church. You can message us. We'll get that. And we will get back to you and we'll connect with you because we want to make sure you get helped. It doesn't even matter if you don't live in this area. We are from the Houston, Texas area. You don't have to be from there. We'll do whatever we can to help you or try to get you connected to somebody else that can help you where you are. But take the next step. There's no shame in that. Why are people so embarrassed about asking for that? I don't know. But I just want to encourage you, do what you need to make this thing happen. You'll be so thankful you did. And a year from now, you'll look back and go, man, my life has changed dramatically just because I stayed on course with God. That day has been like the marker of my life because from that day forward, everything began to change. That'll happen to you if you want it. That'll happen to you if you're willing to say, I've had enough of this world, you know, and I realize that's not right. And something's telling me that's not right. And God's saying, I need to turn this direction. If you respond to that call, which is God wooing you, the good shepherd pulling on you today, God will meet you and he will help you and you will make it. Amen. All right. Well, let me pray. I want you just to, you can just pray this at home in your heart. Just pray, say, Father. I give my life completely to you today. 
first of all, I want to just say I've been a sinner. I've not lived right. I've done a lot of things that are wrong. I've messed up. I've gone my own way. I've followed my impulses so many times. God, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that I disobeyed you. And I knew I was excusing myself so many times. And God, I just, I got on the wrong course. I've been doing things I shouldn't have been doing. God, today, I turn my life back over to you. I come back to you, God. And I pray, Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for how I've been living. Forgive me for living a life that in reality was rebellion against you, Lord. It was resisting you. God, I just want to come back to you now. Lord, please accept me. I plead the blood of Jesus. My faith isn't in me being worthy of you accepting me. My faith is that somebody has already paid the price for my forgiveness. They paid the price. It's in no other than in the name of Jesus Christ that I can be saved. I know that it's only through him that I can come to you, Lord. So I don't put confidence in me today. I'm not saying, oh, my heart is so great. I'm such a great person. No, Lord, I'm coming as a sinner and I'm coming saying I've messed up royally in my life, Lord, and I need your help today. God, please help me today. I give my life wholly to you, God, everything. I'm turning from everything that I know that is not of you and I'm coming back to you today. And I'm doing that because of the access and the invitation been given me through the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. And thank you for helping me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, even if you didn't pray that prayer and you're like, oh, I'm not there yet. That's okay. You know what? We'll pray with you. We want to help you get out of whatever's holding you down, holding you back and get into a place where you can walk with God. There's a lot of others that have just made that similar kind of decision starting to go forward. You're going to just have people on your right and your left helping you. If you want to come, God's just saying, come. You're going to get what you need to make. God bless you. I hope you'll do what I said and take that extra step to connect. God bless you. Have a, have a great week.